A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. He's depending on us to make people hungry and thirsty by the way we live our lives. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be disarticulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. No, I'm asking you to brush your Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to... Uh, the Master's Dog episode, I don't remember what episode we're on, um, 100 and, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say 108, um, the Master's Dog, <coughs> excuse me, oh my goodness, why can I not find this? <laughs> episode uh, Master's Dog episode 104 uh, that is where we are and um, yeah sorry it is it's been it's been a long week and I'm actually three days three four days late on dropping this episode anyway so um, one more time let's start over hey everybody welcome back to the Master's Dog episode 104 I am your host Norm the Master's Dog Dunham aka the evangelical norm. Uh, new introduction video. We, I, we, I keep saying we. I don't have a mouse in my pocket. It's me. This is a one man operation, which is why um, you get what you get and you don't have a fit. Um, they're a little uh, dad uh, wisdom that I use with my daughter. So uh, I've redone the video uh, for the introduction, shortened it up quite a bit. I do miss the song from Result. I love that song. I may see if I can find some ways to work in some of it here and there. Um, I got a really nice format for that uh, that video, the, the introduction video, where I could kind of just plug and play with different pictures. So as we go through things like False Teacher of the Week and stuff like that, I can change some of the pictures, change the video clips really easily. Um, I've got a nice template format set up. So um, hopefully as we move forward, it'll be a little bit uh, simpler and of course less that you're listening to at the introduction. Um, not two and a half minutes now. It's uh, you know about a minute long is the introduction. And so hopefully let me know what you think. Let me know if you like it. Um, I'm always open to any kind of feedback, constructive criticism. I am by no means a professional video editor, um, musician. Um, I have a great app that helps me to make that beat that is underneath there. Made it with an app on my phone and I love it. So, um, give me your feedback. Would love to hear what you think about the new introduction video. So, well, background on the master's dog for those new, uh, subscribers that we have, um, 
give a little new update on subscribers. We are up to 173 subscribers. So in the last week, uh, four more people have joined. So for you four uh, new subscribers, a little background on the uh, on the Masters Dog podcast. This is uh, the where the, it's my outlet to deal with false teachers um, and to deal with false doctrine and stuff like that. I've always wanted to just kind of break those things down as they pop up. This started as just faith and beliefs refuted, dealing with the faith and belief segment of the Saints Unscripted podcast, um, formerly known as the Three Mormons podcast. And they started with the doctrine uh, or the articles of faith, the LDS articles of faith. And I wanted to respond to those and break down how they don't fit with Orthodox Christianity. And then when they continued to go on after that, with other issues of doctrine and so on, I said, I'm just going to, as long as they make these videos, I'm going to respond. There's have been a few where I went, I don't know if I really want to respond, um, if it requires any kind of response. Um, but God is faithful and he's always brought some, some good kind of teaching to come out of those uh, seemingly innocuous uh, kind of uh, no nothing burger kind of episodes that they make. God has always um, brought something out of them. And so today is going to be similar to that. We are back with uh, David from Saints Unscripted on the faith and belief segment of their podcast. And today he's going to talk about the Latter-day Saint law of the fast. And so he's going to break that down. And as I was watching it, I'm like, I don't know that there's a whole lot that we disagree with on how we view fasting and so on. But again, as I watch the video, there are some things that God kind of, you know, brought to my mind and so on. So we're going to jump in. We're going to take a look at that. And we are going to let David walk us through the LDS law of the feast. Here we go. Oh, we're already ready? Yeah, oh, ready oh, go. dang, that was so fast. Okay, <laughs> usually there's like a lighting thing or I don't know. Hey guys, so in a past episode, I briefly mentioned fasting, but we haven't done a full episode on this. Okay, I don't, I don't know why the, the little clip at the beginning. I know they're, they always try to be a little funny and stuff like that. So that was weird. Subject yet, and it's an important topic for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, so fasting is the practice of periodic abstinence from food and drink for devotional purposes. What's the real food? Gandhi ate more than this. It's an ancient practice aimed at building spiritual strength. It's a way to grow closer to God, a way to increase your sense of self-control. And in moderation, it's also just good for you physically. One thing's for sure, we're all gonna be a lot thinner. The scriptures, both the Bible and the Book of Mormon, teach that fasting is an important thing. In Luke 4, we read about how Jesus Christ fasted for 40 days before beginning his ministry. In our faith, the first Sunday of each month is designated as a fast Sunday. Members are invited to abstain from food and drink for two consecutive meals or a period of about 24 hours. I don't need it. I don't need it. I definitely don't need it. So if you start your fast on Saturday night after dinner, then you'd skip breakfast and lunch on Sunday, and the next time you'd eat or drink would be Sunday dinner. Members are invited to donate to the church the money they would have spent on those two meals, or however much you're able and willing to give. We call this donation a fast offering. Whether you base that amount on the price of two meals of Kobe beef or a few slices of toast is up to you. 
Elder Joseph B. Worthlin taught that fast offerings are used for one purpose only, to bless the lives of those in need. Every dollar given to the bishop as a fast offering goes to assist the poor. Every dollar. It's not 75% goes to the poor, but we'll keep 25% as a convenience fee. It's every dollar. And for more info on how exactly fast offerings are used, check out this video and the links in the YouTube description of this video. But this is one way Latter-day Saints strive to fulfill the command given in the scriptures to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. On Fast Sunday at church, instead of the usual sacrament meeting, we have what we call a fast and testimony meeting. Instead of listening to prepared messages from the pulpit, the bulk of the meeting is set aside for members of the congregation to come up and share their testimony of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Now, when you fast, you should do so with a purpose in mind. Okay. Before he gets on to this whole issue of purpose and so on, let's talk a little bit about the LDS fast and testimony meeting. And the fact that he says it's a time for people to get up and share their testimony of Jesus Christ. Here's the reality of it. And, and I'll do it with this disclaimer. I have not been in an LDS church for a fast and testimony meeting for... Uh, coming in um, about 28 years. So I left the LDS church when I was 19 years old and have not been back for a fast and testimony, me fast and testimony meeting since. Um, I am now 47 years old and uh, so 28 years. Math. And, um, but in my time, and many fast and testimony meetings that I've been in and participated in and personally bore my testimony, I never bore a testimony of Jesus Christ. Never. In fact, usually the only time Jesus is mentioned in anybody's testimony is at the very end when they close it out as a prayer. And I say these things um, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Um, but... The fast and testimony meeting, usually, I mean, you can, you can kind of, you know, especially the, the younger the people get, the, the more, uh, formulaic it is. Um, I want to bear my testimony. I know the church is true. I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. I know that the current prophet is a prophet of God. I know that the, the church, blah, 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 the temple, blah, 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 all the, these things. And then usually that's it. For, especially for younger people. Older people might tell a story or two or something like that, but it's always about the church, the temple, the prophet, the scriptures. Very, very rarely do you ever hear, excuse me, any kind of testimony about who Jesus is, what Jesus did, any of those things. Because it's all about the works, baby. Is really what it is. And then the most, and I always hated it when I was a member, and I hate to even think about it now, but the, the moms, and once in a while a dad, would get up there with their four, five, six-year-old kid, and then bear their testimony through the child as a ventriloquist through a dummy. No offense, um, but literally it is mom whispering in the ear of the little kid. I want to bear my testimony. I want to bear my testimony. I know the church is true. I know the church is true. And I don't know why little LDS kids sound like, uh, you know, 
Jeff Dunham puppet. But <laughs> so this is what you get. And I mean, literally, this is a the beginnings of brainwashing. It's the beginnings of of putting them in a trance like and watch people. You can watch. I, I kid you not when you watch a missionary or a, a LDS person, if you are in a conversation with them, as they start to bear their testimony, they literally go into like a trance-like state. Eyes dilate, breathing changes. They go into this rehearsed uh, presentation that is, it is very hypnotic, trance-like, pick your adjective, whatever you want to use to describe it creepy is is one way to put it so that's part of the fast and testimony meeting let's let him get back into the uh the fast you need a purpose similar to prayer you can fast for whatever you feel you or someone else needs and prayer is also an essential part of the process most latter-day saints at the very least will begin and end their fast with a prayer bless this O lord Without prayer, fasting is not complete fasting. It's simply going hungry. If we want our fasting to be more than just going without eating, we must lift our hearts, our minds, and our voices in communion with our Heavenly Father. You can fast alone or as part of a group. If someone in your family is going through a hard time, you can rally together and hold a family fast. Sometimes someone in your local congregation might be struggling, and the bishop might invite the congregation to join together in a fast. An attitude of humility while fasting is also important. Fasting is not meant to be an occasion for you to take a hungry-faced selfie for Instagram. Remember the counsel of Christ in Matthew 6. When ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The same goes for fast offerings and other donations, like tithing. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Do not sound a trumpet before thee. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. A lot of Latter-day Saints today make their donations online, but you can also fill out one of these donation slips in our church buildings and discreetly slip your donation to someone in the bishopric. So that's what the law of the fast is for Latter-day Saints. Okay, let's break down a few things because he went on a, on a couple of things and I just let him go. <clears throat> First off, this whole thing about purpose. Again, now speaking anecdotally for myself and the kids that I knew, um, people that I knew, as far as a purpose for the fast, especially on fast and testimony meeting on fast Sunday, there was none. The purpose was because the church said, you're supposed to fast today. That was the purpose. It was an expected thing that we were expected to do. And, you know, the higher you get into the church and things, the more you're expected. I don't know. I'm sure that fasting is a question on the Temple Recommend interview. Do you fast regularly? Do you give fast offerings? You know, and so on. These are things that are asked of a person who is trying to get a temple recommend to go to the temple. And obviously, if you're not doing these things and living in a worthy nature, you don't get to go to the temple. So you're literally, I mean, 
ulterior motives, maybe self, uh, uh, you know, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Um, yeah, for, with your own self-interest at heart of getting your temple recommend, those are the purposes behind fasting, um, bearing testimony and giving fast offerings. The other thing is this whole issue about doing this in secret. Everybody knows you literally pick a day of the month and say, this is the day we're going to do it. So there is no secret. There is no doing, you know, not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Everybody knows, right? Everyone knows what you're doing on this specific day. Yeah, there. So there it, it, it's not in secret. It's literally, it's not a, a choice or a, um, you know, we should do this and not let anyone know. It is a mandated time of the month where you do these things. So how do you do any of this in secret? And then again, the whole issue of discreetly sneaking this. No, again, nobody really does that either. I mean, I'm, I'm sure now everybody is, is, you know, putting them you know, online and doing a lot of stuff online, which is so much easier. And, and I guess it is a, a more secretive way of doing it. But literally when I was in the, the Aaronic priesthood, part of my job as a deacon was to go out around our, our neighborhood and our ward and to people who didn't come to church to collect fast offerings on fast Sunday. It's not a secret. Now, questions. Can you only fast on Fast Sunday? No, you can fast whenever you want, but be smart, don't overdo it. Do you have to give a fast offering every time you fast? You certainly can, and many people do, but ultimately, it's between you and God. Again, if you don't, and the bishop asks about it when you're trying to get your temple recommend, you're probably gonna lie and say you do, but he's probably gonna know if you do, so you probably better do it. Because you're probably not going to get your temple recommend if you don't. And why would you say don't overdo it if people want to fast on other days? I, I just didn't make sense to me. What if you have a health condition that doesn't allow you to fast? Then don't fast. My wife has type 1 diabetes. Fasting drops her blood sugar to dangerous levels. So she finds other ways to fast. Elder Malcolm S. Jepson reminded us that fasting embodies a principle of sacrifice, that of denying oneself something so that he or she can become a more spiritual individual. Perhaps one could sacrifice something other than food or drink in order to accomplish this goal. One might abstain from television, movies, or sleeping in. So work it out with God and go with whatever you believe is acceptable to Him. Can you chew gum or... Okay, so let me break down this a little bit. The Bible does not give other options for fasting. At least the fasting that is called upon because here's the, the reason why we would fast a food. Because it physically causes us to feel a discomfort, a hunger. There's a physical um, aspect of it where we literally feel the effects of the fast hunger and and so on and that is what we look at and people will go well, every time you feel a hunger pain you you think about god or, or something to that effect but there literally is a a physical aspect to it when you start going into other things like movies and and so on 
I mean, unless you're literally addicted to movies to the point that you're going to go through some kind of physical withdrawal, fasting of those things don't bear the same uh, spiritual weight because they don't carry the same physical effect, if that makes sense. I, you know, again, I guess, I mean, I could, I can, the fasting from my phone or social media or any of those things does not cause me the same physical discomfort or um, feelings that I, 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 I'm trying to come up with some kind of way to describe it, but it's not really about feelings or anything, but there's a discomfort there that, that we recognize while we're fasting that just isn't a component with other kinds of fasts. So what I would say to that question is if your health doesn't allow you to fast, just don't fast. And God understands. God is, is, is he, he loves us and he's forgiven us of our sins and so on. And we have Jesus Christ's righteousness if we have repented and put our faith in the true Jesus Christ and so on. So for those Christians, not Mormons, who uh, would say I can't fast because of my health, well, okay, don't fast. Or maybe sugar-free gum while you're fasting. As Doctrine and Covenants 58 teaches, it is not meat that I should command in all things. So when it comes to this kind of minutia, again, work it out with God and go with whatever you're comfortable. When I was a kid, you were told you, you should not chew gum because there was some kind of nutritional value inside of gum. And so, oh, sugar-free gum, you don't get in. No. I was told by many people, uh, bishops and, and so on, that chewing gum was not what we were supposed to be doing either. It was a fast, was a fast, was a fast, was a fast. Are fasting and fast offerings mandatory for members? Yes, but actually no. Well, in our scriptures, we're commanded to continue in prayer and fasting, so it's obviously highly encouraged, but it's voluntary and personal, and you're not going to get kicked out if you don't want to do it. Do you still partake of the sacrament, the bread and water representative of Christ, on fast Sunday? Yes, we may. Did you catch bread and water? Make an exception for the sacrament, and for many, I'd say the sacrament is never more... Communion should be bread and wine. ...more meaningful than on Fast Sunday. That's fasting. If you want to learn more, check out the resources in the YouTube description of this video, and have a great day. All right, so there you go. There is the law of the fast, according to the Mormons. And so again, as we look at this, um, and this is one of the things that kind of stuck out to me, because again, I can hear some of the things that they say about fasting and so on, and we find some agreement. And, and people are like, oh, wow, look, common ground. We have no common ground with anything of, of the Latter-day Saints, even if we're, there are you know, things within fasting that we agree on, because our foundations are different. So there's no common ground because we're not planted on the, on the same ground. We are chasms apart from each other. You know, there's, a, there's a, literally a, an entire abyss between the foundation of Christianity, which is Christ, God, the, the triune God, Christ, the second person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, uh, salvation by uh, grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, according to scripture alone. Um, you know, so these are the foundations. The foundations of Mormonism are completely different. 
um, the, the Jesus that they believe in is a different Jesus. The God that they believe in is a different God. The, uh, you know, the gospel that they believe in is a different gospel. So we, we don't find common ground because we're on different, completely different foundations. And so that's just the thing that I, I want to, to stress in this and, and when we find things, because that's what Mormons right now do. Anytime you're in a, a witness encounter, they always want to go to the things and they'll literally say, well, why don't we just focus on the things that we agree on? Because the things that we disagree on are foundational and they, they make it to where we, we cannot find any kind of common ground because we cannot, there, there's no, any, any amount of compromise a Christian makes to get anywhere close to what the Mormons believe about the essential issues would take them outside of orthodoxy. And so we just can't do it. There is no common ground. So we, we can't find the things that we agree on and just talk about those. We have to talk about the essential things that we disagree on, mainly the, the person and nature of God, the theology proper, and uh, soteriology, the, the nature of the gospel and how we are saved. And so those are essential things that we have to remember. So my Mormon friend, if, if, if you're watching this, um, you know, I always open to have conversation and have discussion, reach out if you'd like, but I would encourage you to get out of the Mormon faith, find a Bible believing Christian church that you can become a part of. And, uh, for my Christian friend, as always preach the gospel at all times, use words, they're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.